The Old Testament lesson appointed for this Ash Wednesday service is from the book of Joel, the second chapter. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, Assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they among the people say, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. And the Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, verses from chapters 5 and 6. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We're treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of respect for Christ, we rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. 
For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. O oh, grace to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What do we do when the pressure of work or school saps us of our energy and creativity? What do we do when the frenzied pace of life exhausts us? What do we do when we become overwhelmed with sadness or depression because of the long winter days? What do we do? when the heartaches of life leave us bruised and aching? Do we not try to get some R&R, &R, some rest and relaxation? That is one of the reasons why God gives us a Sabbath day each week, so that we can give our body, soul, and mind some much-needed R&R, rest and relaxation. But what do we do when our, when our sin saps us of life? When guilt and shame gnaw away at our soul? When the heartaches of life leave us bruised, maybe even battered spiritually? Well, we may need some R&R. &R. We might need some rest and relaxation. But we'll definitely need some R&R and R. &R, &R. We'll need some returning, some rending, and some relenting. Let me explain. Listen again to two verses from the Old Testament lesson from the book of Joel that I read to you just moments ago. The prophet Joel writes, And yet, even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, 
slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Return to the Lord. Rend your hearts. That's the Lord's counsel to us. That's what Ash Wednesday and the Lenten season is about. It's about returning to the Lord, rending our hearts, knowing that the Lord relents of sending us calamity. Let's unpack these two verses a little bit more. And first of all, let's look at those words, rend your hearts. To rend means to tear apart, to rip in a violent fashion, like wolves rending a lamb into pieces, or a farmer tilling the soil with a moldboard plow, or a gardener using a rototiller to break through that crusty soil. Tilling the soil is a violent process as the ground is turned upside down. But it's only in this way that the soil is made ready for its life-nurturing capacity. Most people, well, probably all people, prefer to avoid having their hearts rended, torn apart, A rended heart is a sorrowful heart. It's a grieving heart. And yet the Lord says that rending our heart is what's required. It's required of His people as the Lord prepares us. He prepares us for His life-nurturing, life-rejuvenating work in our life. The rending that the Lord is calling for is agonizing. Because it means that we recognize that we are not the standard by which we live our lives, but the Lord is the standard by which we live our life. The rending of our heart is painful because it means agreeing with our Creator that something is gravely wrong with us. And consequently, from dust we came and to dust we shall return. To rend our heart involves fasting, weeping, mourning, lamenting, over our sins and its consequences in our life. Needless to say, rending one's heart is something that most people resist. Fulton J. Sheen, in his book, Peace of Soul, develops an imaginary monologue of a modern Pharisee who's standing in front of a, of a temple. And this Pharisee represents most people today, for he prays, I thank you, O Lord, that my Freudian advisor has told me that there's no such thing as guilt, that sin is a myth, and that thou, O Father, art a projection of my father complex. Operating from this kind of godless worldview, most people make deities of themselves as they self-determine what their reality is. They determine their own rules of right and wrong, They determine their own standard of moral and immoral. And yet as they live in this way, in rebellion against God, it's evident that sin encrusts their heart and that their heart is petrified like wood that fossilizes into super hard rocks. When Joel commands, rend your heart, 
He is urging us to have God till the hearts, our hearts, with the blades of God's law. He's exhorting us to have God's law, his perfect law, shred our hearts of unbelief and indifference and pride and conceit and lust and self-righteousness and hate and covetousness and all the other sins that I could list. And as the Lord rends our heart, it prevents it, though, from crusting over with sin and being fossilized once again. All of us here tonight can probably testify to the painful reality of God rending our heart. We can also probably testify that the outcome of God's rending of our heart prepares us for God's life-creating, life-refreshing, life-renewing work. We will know that the blades of God's law are doing their job when it is that we lament, when it is that we do mourn, when it is that we do feel pain, when we do cry out, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Yes, there will be times in our life, and there have no doubt been times in your life, when you've cried out, O Lord, I am worthy of condemnation. To whom can I go? To whom can I turn? And that leads us to the second and third R's that are in our text. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious. Return to the Lord your God because not only is he gracious, but he is merciful. And not only is he merciful, but he's slow to anger. And not only is he slow to anger, but he abounds in steadfast love. And he relents. He relents over disaster, or as some translation has, of sending calamity. Someone has said that God's call to repentance is built on respect for us rather than on threat. And the basis for God's respect for us is not found in us. It's not found in our moral character or our integrity. No, his respect for us is anchored in who he is. It is grounded in his grace for us, his love for us, his mercy for us, his compassion for us. In the book of Ezekiel, the Lord declares, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, none, but that the wicked would turn from his way and live. So turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Do we deserve God's condemnation and eternal punishment? in hell as judgment for our sin? We most certainly do. Absolutely. But God relents. God relents of sending this disastrous calamity upon us. God chooses to be gracious and He chooses to be merciful. He chooses to be long-suffering. He chooses to be slow to anger toward us toward you and me. 
The Lord reveals his love and his mercy for us in a very sacrificial, even painful way. As we heard in the epistle lesson for tonight when St. Paul writes, but for our sake, yes, for our sake, God made his son Jesus to be sin. Even though he knew no sin, he became sin. So that in him, in God's son, we might become the righteousness of God. Though God's Son is perfect in every way, He allowed the blades of God's law to rend His body. He allowed the nails of man's hatred to pierce His flesh. He was even obedient to the extent that He submitted Himself to the wrath of His Father who shredded Him of all life. But our Lord Jesus Christ willingly endured this rending so that God could relent so that he could relent in bringing the calamity of damnation upon us. He experienced the cross, Jesus did, so that God would forgive us of our trespasses and sins. And he declares us holy and perfect in his sight. It's no wonder that Joel says in our text, or God says through Joel in our text, return to the Lord your God. Yes, return to the Lord your God, for God is gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger, and he abounds in steadfast love. Return daily to the Lord, to your baptism, for God washes away all your sins. Return to the Lord's house for divine worship so that the Spirit of the Lord may rend your heart and renew your heart and refresh your heart through His Word and through your brothers and sisters who gather here to encourage you in your faith. Return to the Lord. Yes, return to the Lord's Supper for God feeds you with with the body and the blood of Jesus Christ so that you receive all the spiritual nutrients that are needed to be revived and regenerated and renewed in your faith. We all need. We all need God's R and R and R. We all need the rending of our heart, whether we want it or not. We need the return, we need to return to our gracious God. The God who relents of holding our sins against us and who instead remembers our sins no more because of his son's painful but necessary rending. This R and R and R is not something for us to put off to a later day. This R and R and R is something that we need daily. For as St. Paul says, today is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.